There's so many resources going towards cancer and Alzheimer's and other other diseases, which is which is great. But you know, epilepsy really is, uh, I think, a compelling uh, condition, and we've got to do more to help people. Hello, Homo sapiens. Welcome back to Epilepsy Spots Insights. So there are heaps of types of brain scans, but they all do different things and can complement one another. This week, we receive a brilliant overview of EEGs, MAGs, or magnetoencephalographies, and seven Tesla MRIs from the wonderful Professor of Neurology and Associate Professor of Biomedical Engineering at the Mayo Clinic, Ben Brinkman, who also shares with us how he got into the sphere of the epilepsies. Hi, Tori. Thanks for having me today. This is uh, great, to, great to talk to you. Uh, I'm a clinical support scientist with the epilepsy group at the Mayo Clinic. Um, I do a bit of uh, of, of work with uh, mostly our, our patients who are going uh, towards surgery. The, these are the, the people who uh, medications haven't worked for. And uh, we're looking at trying to see if the seizures come from a, a focal part of the brain that can be surgically removed to, uh, to make them seizure-free. That's the goal, of course. Um, I, I work with a number of different technologies in my job, which is which is really fun and keeps it uh, keeps it very interesting. Um, so it's and, and of course we you know people who come in for for an epilepsy evaluation they get they get an EEG they usually have an MRI they'll get other other imaging tests as well and I I get to work with all of that data in one form or another and try to try to bring it together. We make a surgical plan about where we're going to put the invasive electrodes. Hopefully, we'll capture a, a focal uh, seizure onset and, and be able to, to help the person that way. And, and of course, if surgery is not an option, if resecting that area, we, we've got neuromodulation options now as well that help uh, neurostimulation. And uh, by patients, are you talking about largely adults or children or both? We, we see both. We see both. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, both adults and children. And what led you to this? Uh, well, I know a little bit in advance. I remember I, was, I said, oh, I was going to ask you the question, what led you to the epilepsies? And you're like, yeah, it wasn't direct. <laughs> but that's interesting. Tell us what happened. Yeah, you know, in some ways it's just serendipity. You know, when I was in graduate school, there was a really interesting project on epilepsy imaging with the uh, with uh, SPECT imaging, nuclear medicine, which which um, measures the blood flow uh, during a seizure. And then, then you come back for a baseline scan when you're not having a seizure. And we look at the difference between those two scans. And uh, that tells us a bit about where your seizures come from. Um, that was my project when I when I went to graduate school, and uh, it was very interesting. And um, I, I don't know, I guess epilepsy just sort of, sort of stuck. As awful as it is, it's horrifically interesting, right? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. It is. And it is such a difficult condition. And um, I don't know, maybe um, th there's so many resources going towards cancer and Alzheimer's and other other diseases, which is which is great. But, you know, epilepsy really is, uh, I think, a compelling uh, condition. And we've got to do more to help people. Thank you very much. Yes. And, and in, in the process, you're helping the people with the diagnosis, but also the people around them. A bit like cancers, for instance, they affect the people that love the person with a diagnosis, and it's the same really for epilepsy. Absolutely, absolutely. And so many people people forget too. So many diseases uh, that we that we focus on, um, uh, they they don't affect children, or, or epilepsy affects children. So someone with epilepsy could live a very long life with their seizures. And when you think about, you know, what can I do to Im improve someone's quality of life most? You know, catching them early and, and helping them early in life is tremendously impactful. And I, I guess I find that pretty meaningful. 
you are involved in heaps of types of imaging. I've listed MRIs. Well, of course, there are EEGs, but MRIs, PET scans, SPECT imaging, which you just mentioned, and you've done research into all of these, jumbled up and also separately. Can you tell us a little bit about that and what you've discovered and what you're focusing on right now? My work has been, I, I jokingly say, it's been a little bit scatterbrained, <laughs> um, and, and that's probably partly true, but it's all interesting. So, um, you know, a lot of the focus in in, in uh, the last few years of my research has been in EEG source imaging. So, it, you know, people come in and they get an EEG. Uh, the, the you know the great thing about EEG is it gives you very fast information. So it's you know, the temporal resolution is very quick. So you can see where the seizure starts. And of course, when seizures begin, they 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 prop they often propagate very very quickly. So if you look at the information, say you know five seconds after the start of the seizure, you you may not be looking at the start. You may be looking at propagation or if you, if you think of it as a row of dominoes, you know, you want to look at that, you want to know where that first domino is. You know, if you're, if you're looking at the 10th or the 20th domino, you might still be able to help the person, but uh, you've got a better better chance with the first one. So EEG source localization, we look at the, the very, very early parts of a seizure. We can map that onto the MRI. It's, um, and, and it, it gives us a good estimate of where the seizures are beginning. Uh, and of course, one of the things that that EEG source imaging does a great job of is with interictal discharges. These are these little blips that go on um, in the brain that 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 uh, that are characteristic of epilepsy, but but aren't an actual seizure. And you know, to our knowledge, they have no no real consequences, but they can help us identify the the part of the brain that's that's abnormal and that we need to focus on. Um, and the great thing is, you get. You know, you record someone's EEG, you get hundreds of these blips. You can data average them. You could uh, get a tremendous signal to noise ratio, and it, it makes the whole process more accurate. So you can see a little more clearly where those are coming from. I'm imagining some sort of 3D fancy model combining all this information. With, is, is that kind of what we're looking at here? Absolutely. Yeah, we, yeah there's some cool software that, that can make a, um, a, a nice tiled model of the brain and and uh, you can rotate it around and, and spin it. And, um, and and actually, the thing that's most helpful, I think, is to scan through the slices. We, we uh, impose it onto an MRI. Actually, in a number of patients, just over the years doing this clinically, um, you know, we've seen where the, where the abnormal activity is coming from. We look back at the MRI and we find, you know, actually, there's something really subtle here that's not really normal. And our radiologist maybe will go back and take another look and say, Gosh, there's yeah, maybe there is a focal cortical dysplasia or a, a some other abnormality here, and, and statistically, that's amazing news for the patient uh, because if you can find an abnormality on MRI, something that that's potentially causing their seizures, and you find a structural um, uh, uh, focus for that, uh, their chances of being seizure freedom go way up. Uh, if it's in the temporal lobe, it's something like. 75% chance of seizure freedom long term and uh, I think extra temporal out out out, uh, out of the temporal lobes it's um, uh, something like 60% chance amazing so lots of people and I, and I and I've known people like this still know people like this who will say I have no idea where my seizures originate from I you know I go and have my EEG showing nothing nothing colorful same with the MRI even though things have changed like uh, improved over the past few years like still not showing anything um, would your type of work, do you think, benefit those type of people? Are we finding answers for more people like that now? 
Definitely. Uh, and I think functional imaging is really uh, making great strides. And I, um, I you know, I, I have great hopes for it. So EEG source localization, uh, MAG, which which is magnetoencephalography. Uh, that's um, fancy. Yeah, very fancy. Very cool technology. Again, it's it's a lot like EEG, but it's it's magnetic fields instead of the electrical fields. And, you know, why is that important? Well, the brain is uh, the brain and the skull and the scalp are are mostly transparent to magnetic fields. So um, a, a very small magnetic field emitted deep in the brain, you can see it with a good uh, MEG system, whereas with an EEG system, you might not be able to see it. It's attenuated. It, it might get, you know, the transmission can be a little bit different. Um, so MEG can be very, very accurate at pinpointing those areas. And even if you just, if anybody wants to see what they look like, well, obviously they vary, but it's like having a big sort of, they remind me of those, what are those um, hairdryer things you get in old salons where people, <laughs> I don't know, they have perms or something yes, and it's yes. like over your head, right? <laughs> <laughs> exactly, exactly, yes, yes. It does look like one of those big hairdryers <laughs> with with uh, liquid helium. <laughs> <laughs> slightly different <laughs> but I, but, <laughs> but I love what you were saying about how you know that there are limitations for instance especially with EEG you can only go so far deep into the tissue but this you know can go right pretty much right the way through yes yes without harming <laughs> oh yeah yeah and, and this is just this is a passive sensing technology it's it's um you know we always use the metaphor of microphones right you just have really sensitive microphones that are listening except they're they're magnetic microphones or they're with the eg they're electrical microphones i guess the other really interesting thing that's that's come out now we've we've had one for a couple of years but in structural imaging uh seven tesla mri so it's a it's a really high field strength um and you might say well why is that important it's just an mri right and and it is it is essentially the same technology as mri uh, as 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 conventional mris but uh, having that uh high field it, it what it does, it's a, it's a signal to noise question. You know, if you think about tuning your radio and it's it's staticky, you can kind of make out what the person's saying. Um, you know, maybe that's a an old MRI system. Uh, seven Tesla MRI, it gives you a more clear signal. Um, so you have a lot more signal in the brain. So you can trade that off. You can get get to finer resolution. So you can you can tell the the difference between very very small uh, structures in the brain. Um, we have a number of cases where we've, you know, we've looked at uh, the person's uh, three Tesla MRI and it's, you know, we see some things and uh, not really, not really sure. And then we send them to seven, seven T and something pops out that we didn't see before. Seven T MRIs, are they common yet or are they like only available in a few sort of fancy centers because they're expensive or whatever? Yeah, still only available at a few centers, uh, they're, but they're they're becoming more common. I think people are seeing the the value of them, and I think they're 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 only going to get more common, and I think that's a good thing. I think that's going to help people. Uh, it, it helps people with epilepsy, helps people with dementia, cancer, um, even musculoskeletal imaging. It, it can be really helpful there as well. Thank you to Ben for his first installment in our podcast. It is great to have such an overview of what is out there. Do stay tuned for next week when Ben will be telling us about seizure forecasting, subcutaneous EEG devices and wearables. To learn more about Ben, do check out his profile on toryrobinson.com slash epilepsy insights where you can also find the episode's transcript. 
If you'd like to connect, you can find me on Twitter, LinkedIn, Facebook or Instagram. And I'd love to hear from you if you have any thoughts about today's show. Please subscribe to Epilepsy Sparks Insights on your podcast app so that you will never miss the weekly episode. I'm Tori Robinson. Thanks for listening.